Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on Powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 4,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 110 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at Powerslam.tv. The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Welcome everyone to episode 113 of the podcast about all things elite. Welcome everyone to all things elite. I am your host. I am your host Floyd Johnson and with me today is a special co-host. I've we've been working on getting her on the show for a while now. I heard rumors that she might be interested and I got giddy like I was going to see Endgame. Here, uh, here with us today is Amy Euler. Is that how you pronounce it? It is how you pronounce it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So much. <laughs> yes, I have been very excited to ha- have her on the show. Uh, let me just warn everyone. She is probably the only person on earth more positive than I am. She is my positivity role model. So how are you doing, Amy? Oh, thank you so much for the kind words. I am doing wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here and a part of All Things Elite. Well, we I'm so excited to have you. Uh, Jeremy, the boss over here at the Social Suplex, told me you talked to him about doing a elite show. And he's like, we already have an elite show. And then he told me and I was like, yes, finding a cohort. <laughs> I was like, yes. I was like, I follow her on Twitter all the time. <laughs> I was like, she's awesome. And um, I was like, finding a host every week is really hard. <laughs> so I was like, yes. yes, so, yes. <laughs> so I was like, if I could find someone semi-permanent, it would be great. Amy, uh, Amy, at this time, we have said at this time, we don't know how long this will last, but she's going to be on the show every other week, at least for now. And then. We'll see how life happens, and we will adjust and pivot as needed. So I'd like to thank you for joining me. Well, thank you so much for having me here. I'm very excited to be a part of this. 
All right. I uh, just want to start the show before I'm going to hand it off to Amy to drive the ship. Uh, just let uh, remind you this episode of All Things Elite is brought to you by Power Slam TV. Power Slam TV, where you can get access to over 4,000 hours of content from over 110 of your favorite wrestling brands from countries all around the globe, right onto your laptop and mobile devices. If you use the code Social Suplex, you'll uh, when you sign up, you will get the first month free. And, of course, that is for new subscribers. Well, there you go, Amy. All right. Well, of course, this being All Things Elite podcast, we are going to be talking about all things AEW with All Elite Wrestling. Now, the big news of this week was Cody Rhodes's promo from the road to double or nothing. This promo took the internet by storm and I just sat there when I was watching it just in awe of how simple it was where it was just Cody Rhodes with just a black background and him talking about this legendary match that he's going to have at double or nothing with his brother and how much legacy there is behind that not just with his brother but with an era of wrestling that has passed by that I really feel like so many people really cling to as the herald of the golden age of wrestling. And I think that this promo really showed that there's a dichotomy between the golden age of old and really the golden age that we're into now. Like we shouldn't sell anybody short now who's the high flyers, the lucha styles, the characters, this sort of complex gray area with heels and faces. And this promo really served to lay down those lines and define those barriers. What did you think about Cody's promo and really what it said for what AEW stands for as it begins this new era of wrestling? Cody's promo was uh, brilliant. It's one of my favorite things he's done since, you know, uh, since, you know, joining the elite and uh, Bullet Club. Or uh, It was just so poignant. And you can tell he's had years to think about this rivalry, how they wanted to do this correctly. And the fact that uh, the two brothers have different motivations and his motivation is to put behind him the attitude error. Because, uh, you know, as a wrestling fan, you know everyone wants to compare it to the attitude error. But you really can't. Because, of course, the attitude error was like 20 years ago. There was less options as far as viewing on television. but it, And it was good. But if you think about during the attitude error, the actual in-ring performances, the wrestling really wasn't good you know yeah you know it's interesting because i think back to the attitude era and like cody had mentioned this too like there's a lot of drama right like there was a lot of aggression and there was a lot of uh you know sort of macho behavior in the ring but there were a lot of different ways of treating people like women. It was like these broad panties matches and just kind of like there were a lot of clowns involved or little people (laughs) involved. And if you look at the matches, not just, you know, the rock and stone cold, but if you look at the actual matches week by week, there was, there's a lot that we've improved since then. Chair shots to the head being one of them. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, uh, definitely. I mean, but it's, it's any medium of art. If you look at 20 years ago, you know what I mean? As far as, you know, any visual medium, you know, looking at 
plays production over the last 20 years production and plays have improved production tv movies you know what i mean it's just like to say hey this is this was great and you could never improve on anything it's almost the insult to the art and most art that you like at this point that you look at 20 years from now it's just like it's probably a little cringy because what was acceptable back then is not acceptable now so it's yeah. just yeah so i'm looking at the attitude error in this case and it's just like yeah a lot of stuff was like woo and everybody loved it i mean i knew when i was watching in high school that was like the middle of my high school years uh you know my friends loved it and it was like must you had to be ready to talk about it on tuesday there was no dvr there was no recording it you had to be ready to talk about it Tuesday morning. If you, you know, WWE, WCW, you had to be up and ready. And it was just more of a sense of urgency. The show was, it was Jerry Springer with some wrestling involved. And that's why everyone loved it. It was just, everything was horrible, you know. I mean, uh, Vince McMahon had uh, Trish Stratus as his dog at one point. Uh, you know, and it's just like... Uh, the May Young and Mark Henry stuff, which was funny back then, you know, Triple H drugged Stephanie and married her. You know, these are not things that were really like fly in today's no. wrestling. <laughs> and it was like it was like and it, it was like talked about like teachers talking to students like it was just normal. Did you see this happen? Did you see this happen? And it's just like you know, like now everyone likes to use the term cringy and like, I don't know, it was just different time, you know. I can't. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but it was very enjoyable to me. It was the highlight of my life. It was the highlight. My favorite day was Monday. You know, when everybody's like, I, I, you know, the office space and they had a case of the Mondays. I'm like, dude, I love Monday. Monday is why <laughs> I live. Monday is why I breathe. I got two. I got Raw. That's two hours. I had WCW Nitro. That's three hours. It was the greatest, like, at the time, time of my life. But now this golden age of wrestling. Oh my God, this Golden Age Wrestling is like any week you can, uh, if you're into this type of thing, any week you can find a five-star match. Any week, this week, I saw three of the best promos I've ever seen in my life from three different people that technically, I mean, one, uh, you know, of course, one is Cody, and the other two are independent wrestlers who basically recorded it on their own. That's that's crazy to think about. Oh, no kidding. And, you know, I, I think that to touch a bit back on that sense of urgency that you were talking about with the Attitude Era, um, I think that even though the viewing landscape of how we watch you know, the urgency of you had to watch it on Mondays. And in some cases, if you would go to a friend's house, if their cable started cutting out, you would watch it through the static. You had to watch it. Um, I think that this is some aspect that they are still going for. I think that everybody's going for is a battle for people's attention and people wanting to talk about it and being so excited that they have to talk about it. And we're lucky now to be able to have these platforms like Twitter and social media to be able to talk about it immediately. But I do think that sense of urgency is something that is a treasure worth hanging on to. Um, I, I wonder if, you know, we look back on things like the Attitude Era with rose-colored lenses of nostalgia because we don't always remember the not-so-great parts of it. And especially when we look at the wrestlers like Triple H and The Rock and Batista and, 
the undertaker and all these people that, uh, you know, keep coming back from retirement or whatever, um, sort of to relive those glory days. While that's great. And there's certainly a place for that. I don't think that that should be the thing that we all aspire to. And I think you raise a very great point that art changes and social times change and wrestling very much is an art form. This promo was a work of art, but wrestling itself is an art form. It's a form of entertainment. It's a form of style and polish and flair and creativity. And those things do change. And I think that looking at the landscape that we have now with wrestling and character work and booking styles, long-term, short-term booking, heels and faces and kind of the reflections of humanity because that's what wrestling is, is the storytelling of our societies. And of course, that's why it changes. But I think that if we hold something that happened 20 years ago as the pinnacle standard, I think we're selling ourselves short with what we can do now. I absolutely agree with that. I absolutely agree. I mean, I I even said AEW seems to have their finger on the post of what the wrestling fans of 2019 want. And I, I believe New Japan does too. I, I mean, we're not here to talk about other companies, but I believe those two companies uh, pretty much put out a product that current wrestling fans want to watch. What I what I don't what I haven't seen is like when I'm introducing someone to New Japan and I finally get them to watch it, they're like, "Wow, this is completely different than what I'm used to." And I'm like, and they're like, and they generally like it. I don't ha- I haven't had many people tell me, you know, I don't like this product. And at AEW, when I introduce people to BTE and the Road to Double or Nothing, and they haven't even, you know, and I and I maybe get them to uh, watch all in. And they haven't even put on an actual show under the AEW banner. And everybody's like, I'm going to watch this. They are telling stories. They are doing it in a way that appeals to people into 2019, even before doing an actual full show under their banner. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you look at the people on their roster, you have Kenny Omega, you have the Young Bucks, you have the Lucha Brothers. There's a real representation of different styles and storytelling that's exciting, but there's also a real representation of people that we haven't really had before people all over the spectrum where you have people of color you have people from the lgbtq background you have people who are really affiliated with the mexican lucha libre style you have people from china i mean there's so many different kinds of people that are fully represented i think that in itself for me at least really sets a marker that's a real shift in what wrestling can look like in 2019 part of the uh, part of the world that was misrepresented or underutilized the uh, people with autism and on the spectrum uh they uh i didn't know that was a thing you know as far as uh not them not being represented at all or being included in anything and how you know two years ago a year ago i wouldn't even thought of it but now it's like i think about the struggles of being someone that wants to go to events but has all these sensory issues where it's like physically painful and hard for them to go to an event and it's just like i didn't even think about them and then it's like now it's like oh my god you know like i said i'm uh, i was gonna i'm wearing my aew is for everyone shirt and it's just like that seems to be the big focus 
of this company is inclusive inclusivity. And like I said, I would say I never thought of that as important. I've watched wrestling for 30 plus years and it's just like, and it's always been entertaining to me, but it's like now that they're bringing everyone else in, you're hearing different voices. You're hearing uh, everything. And they haven't even put Like I said, they haven't even put on a show yet. So that's a very, very good point. And I think if you look at the contrast with the attitude era, that was my way or the highway. Whereas this era seems to be, opening the doors and bringing people in. And I never would have thought of that either. I mean, I know people who are on the spectrum, but it never would have occurred to me that that would be something that could prevent somebody from going and enjoying a show. And I think when they talk about inclusivity, it's not just a buzzword in the sense that that is really important for the people who need it to be able to go, to be able to share in that experience with other people, to be able to go to something like StarCast and double or nothing and to be able to be around everybody and to be around fellow fans and to be a part of this community but also to be able to step away when they really need to and to be able to recharge and take a break if they're overloaded i think that's really important yeah it, it definitely it's definitely important and i like in like when you have things like bt road to nothing road to double or nothing and they have it in a certain way where you can experience it your own way you know you have it on youtube if you know you could play it, stop it, pause it. I know people that have watched this Cody promo in the tens to fifteen times. I think I've watched it like six or seven times, just breaking down everything he says and listening to, watching his inflections and everything that he does when he's talking about his Dustin. And it's just like this thing that they're gonna wrestle, and he's like, and it's 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 really is a western, you know. It's like you know what. I love you, but I got to put you down kind of thing. And it's like, I'm not trying to just put you down. I'm trying to put the whole thought of your era in your generation now because it doesn't work anymore. Right. I'm tired of you lording all of this over us and keeping us down. Like he said, you guys may have paved the road, but you set the speed limit at 35 miles an hour because you were too afraid of what we could do. And I think that's brilliant. Yes. Um, Speaking of brilliant promos, you mentioned that you saw three incredible promos this week. I know Cody's promo. I would love to hear what the other two were because I think I know what one of them was. Okay, so one was David Starr. And uh, this weekend, you know, this is, of course, a elite AEW show. I'm just going to say this weekend is the Super Strong Style 16 from Progress. And it's this weekend in you know in, in England, and uh, it was a tournament, and he cut a beautiful promo about independent wrestling, thus versus them, you know, and he you know how this show is about a uh, independent wrestling versus WWE, and how Progress is not an independent company anymore, and it was just a beautiful and passionate promo. I think David Starr is one of when he does those little videos with the single camera and him just talking to the camera, literally one of the best promos in wrestling right now. I mean, I would love for him to be in AEW. I know they can't sign everybody, but that dude is brilliant. So that that was the uh, second one. I think that came out like Tuesday or Wednesday. And then there's the one that kind of broke the internet. <laughs> yep. The one you're talking about. Uh I literally I saw it and I sent it to you like immediately. I was like, you gotta watch this. 
Thank you, by the way, because I saw that message and I was like, wait, what? Yes. And then I flipped over. And of course, we're talking about who is formerly known as Dean Ambrose, but John Moxley's video promo. How incredible was that? This video in the span of less than 24 hours had 2.7 million views. John Moxley's Twitter account has one post, and it was that promo, and it came on at 12.05 Eastern, five minutes after the clock ticked over, signaling the official end of his contract. So he played it safe. He was like, I'm going to make sure. This is five minutes after, and wow, the imagery in that promo of him breaking free from a prison with you know, tally marks carved into the wall with him clutching barbed wire and slicing his hand. This guy is hungry to get back to his roots. This is a guy who is a multimillionaire who could have just coasted for the rest of his life, but instead wanted to be happy. He wanted to be free and he wanted to chase what really makes him thrive, what he's passionate about. And that really came through through this promo. Where do you think he's going to go? Man, um, I mean, it's one of those things. I've had that question a lot this week. And, of course, oh, I want him to go to AEW. That's great. But I'm one of those people that when people leave, I want to see all the matchups that, you know, I didn't didn't get to see because he was in the WWE. So if he goes straight to AEW, which would be great for this show, but uh, for um, I won't get to see like him working different independents like him versus Nick Gage. I won't be able to get to see that. Or uh, him in Impact Wrestling, maybe uh, him uh, versus, I can't even think of the champion's name, Brian Cage. Just throw, throw whatever name out to you or working some random indie. I won't get to see that. So I'd rather, you know, him... You know, stay pretty much and just work everywhere for a while and, you know, get those matches out the way. But if you ask me what company I think he's going to end up with, it's AEW because he's people he's familiar with, you know, Jericho and Cody. He's worked with them, you know, in the years past. Uh, He has that, the production value, it's going to be in TV. And it's based out of his, you know, not our the first show is going to be in his hometown or where he lives now. Not his yeah, hometown. yeah. yeah. You, you know, I, I do think he will end up going to a lot of different places. I do think he may send up, um, end up settling in AEW because you've got people like Jimmy Havoc, who you know is very experienced in that sort of hardcore style of wrestling. Joey Janela. And Pac, and I mean, you have all of these different types of matchups that he could have. I do think he ends up, he strikes me as the type of person who really wants to see what's out there and explore what makes him happy and just have that sort of freedom. So I do think you're right that he will go to a lot of different promotions to do what he hasn't been able to do since he's been in sort of that PG WWE style wrestling for so long. Yeah, if he if they somehow convinced him to work at G one, that would be amazing. It would be incredible. I don't I don't know if that would happen, but that would be amazing. It's just because the reason I I mean reason I like the G one is just like you get like nine different matchups. 
you get like yeah. nine different dream matchups for you know him, and it's like, hey, he doesn't win or whatever, but it's still you would get him. Or, but like I said, any pretty much any tournament out there that you know anything, any big event, you know, he's a name. He, I mean, oh, yeah. and, and that's the one thing people need, whether you're Dean Ambrose or Johnny Moxley. Uh, you know, he's a name. He's a draw. He's especially going to be a draw those first few shows that he is. It's going to be it's going to be a big ratings hit to whatever as far as if you're on Fight TV, you're going to get more downloads. If you're on a cable network, your uh your numbers going to go up. If you're just completely pay-per-view, you're probably going to get a hundred that few hundred thousand more buys because he's a name and just to see, is he going to be a different character? Or is he just going to be, well, that's just Dean Ambrose in whatever company. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'm like, I've seen this before. Like, for every Cody who is amazing and has thrived out, you get someone, you get someone else uh, and that comes out and does the same five moves they were doing in WWE, and it's like, yay, I should be a star. And it's like, no, nah, that doesn't float here, bro. Yeah, yeah. Well, the nice thing <laughs> is, is he built up his own legacy and his own following as John Moxley, and I think people are really chomping at the bit to see what kind of John Moxley they're going to get. Are they going to get the hardcore deathmatch John Moxley? Well, maybe. I mean, all that barbed wire sure looked like it. Are they going to get a sort of mix between the two? Maybe. Maybe it depends on what promotions he ends up sort of visiting. And I, I think that there's, I think Joey Janela has um, some matches, some really like, I think deathmatch shows that are coming up this weekend. So maybe we see him pop up there, but I think that's something that's really exciting is that unknown and that curiosity of seeing where he goes, where he stops by. Does he end up anywhere permanently or does he just have fun kind of seeing what's out there and sort of saying hi to, you know, his old stomping grounds? what kind of path does John Moxley carve for himself? And I think that's going to be something that people are going to be really excited to see and talk about, yeah. especially in the weeks to come. He is the biggest free agent that like wrestling has had in a while. Because if you think about it, most free agents from uh, WWE are old. They're like 40-something or whatever. And it's like, you know, as far as wrestling age or whatever, they're a little older. Him... He is in his prime. When is the last time you've had someone that, you know, of his character, a WWE champion, multiple time pay-per-view guy, still in his prime, still has got a lot of great matches in front of him that then left the company. And it, and it seems like he did it the right way. He left on very amicable terms with them. And he's just like, you know what? The product you're presenting is not what I want to do anymore. I want to try something different. I want to, you know, paint my own. I want to paint my own picture, or as Cody so eloquently puts it, I want to play my own music. You know, and it's just like I'm looking forward to seeing what he does. I am excited. I had a friend ask me, and he was like, "Why would you be excited about an average worker?" You know, he this dude's been average. I'm like, because he gets to paint on a different canvas. He gets to paint with his colors. You know, he gets to make it whatever he wants. He The picture is what he wants. If you like it, you don't like it. I get it. If you love it, you know, 
I'm guessing that will make him very happy. But whatever it is, it is going to be him. And I yes, think that's and more I think important. That's the most important thing for him is that it's his. Yeah, it's like if I'm playing this song that this guy told, or playing this song or painting this picture that this guy told me to paint, and you hate it, I'm just letting you know that's not me. You know, that's not that's not him. So it's just like now you're going to see who he is as a wrestler, as an artist, whatever. Because you know there was Johnny Mark Moxley. You know, I think he was like I don't know how long ago he was uh, Johnny Moxley. I didn't know Johnny Moxley. I want to be 100% honest. I did not see the guy's face until he, uh, in, until like some early episodes of NXT, and then he debuted on WWE. I did. I don't know John Moxley. I mean, I could go back and watch YouTube videos and be like, "Oh, that's John Moxley," but I don't really want to ruin what I'm about to see by going back and trying to guess what he's going to do. I just want to experience it. I love that way of looking at it. And I'm the same way. I'm I'm not familiar with John Moxley, the independent deathmatch wrestler. I've heard so much about him from friends on Twitter who were just excitedly lighting up once he released that vignette. But I, I'm not familiar with that style from him. And I'm really excited to experience that as it happens. And I think that's a perfectly valid and wonderful way of looking at it, of just seeing what it is and experiencing it as it comes. Yeah. It's just like, I could go back and I could watch a hundred videos and I can be like, well, this is what he's going to do. And then when he doesn't do that, disappoint myself, or I can be like, present me the character you want me to see. And then I'm going to decide if I like it or not. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> well, Let's transition into, so we're talking about experiencing things as they happen. We're talking about kind of exciting new roads. Let's transition into the main topic of this episode, which is StarCast. StarCast. You kind of cut out. Are you still there? Okay, you kind of can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. Okay, it might have recorded. Right, so I will re record it. Yeah, okay, go for it. So, yeah, I'll re record it. <laughs> okay, all right, so let's transition into the topic of our episode since we're talking about experiencing things as they happen and checking out new roads that are paved. So, the main topic for today's episode is Starcast. Now, StarCast first started with All In in Chicago last year. This year, they're having it at Caesars Palace in tandem with Double or Nothing. Now, StarCast is almost a week long of events. So they're going to have their featured event is the Roast of Ric Flair. They're going to have tons of panels where you can hear directly from wrestlers like Arn Anderson, Sting, Bret Hart. You, there's comedy shows with uh, Ron Funches. They also have cosplay contests with the librarian, Leva Bates. They'll have movie screenings like Joey Ryan's wrestling documentary and a screening of Omega Man, a wrestling love story, with a Q&A afterwards with Kenny Omega. By the way, the proceeds from that are going directly to benefit victims of gun violence, which is awesome. They'll have live podcast recordings with Talk is Jericho, Wrestling Observer, Colt Cabana, and the very last live event for Something to Wrestle With with Bruce Pritchard. 
They will have the SCU after party, evening with Cody and the Bucks, the Smoke and Mirrors night of cigars with American Rebel Cigars and Cody Rhodes, and a ton of rare appearances and meet and greets. Basically, this is like a wrestling convention. So it's just this explosion of wrestling-related events and meet and greets and panels for thousands of people to converge and really celebrate this love of wrestling. Now, Floyd, you went to StarCast at All In in Chicago. What was that like? Because I'll be going to it this year, and I know a lot of fans will be going as well, probably for the very first time. I know that there's going to be a lot of people who went to All In, but there's going to also be a lot of people where this is their first time going. Can you shed some light on what your StarCast experience was like? What was it like going there? What was it like wandering around through, you know, in between events? Just give us some insight on what StarCast is like. In a word, it was epic. In a sentence, it was the best wrestling weekend of my life. And I am not, and I want to be clear, I am not saying that. Because I do an AEW podcast. I'm not saying that because, you know, any uh, any uh, anything you might think because I do AEW podcast, I want to put them over. No. If you go my Twitter, at Floyd Johnson Jr., that's my Twitter, and go back till around September 1st when this event was, and you will see I posted that it was the greatest experience of my life. It's It was... It was... Wrestling, I almost say, I say a wrestling Woodstock, you know, but it was because it was one of those events you're going to want to say you were at. So it was at a hotel uh, right outside of Chicago. And it was, you know, you're walking. I'm the first day I get there. Uh, I get there early. I actually have to change my plans because Cody moves his meet and greet to Thursday night. So I get there early on Thursday. And it's just like we're walking walking down the hall and you see Eric Bischoff and then you see, um, see DDP. Uh, I I'm checking into my hotel. I check in right behind Billy and Austin gun, you know, it like, it's just this little community of wrestlers like that you care about and that the people that are there care about as much as you. And it's just like, you could literally start a conversation with anyone. I mean, some of the friends I made, I made by just sitting. I sat on the couch because my legs hurt <laughs> and I was standing on the couch and I struck up a conversation with a person and now we're friends. And it's just this familial uh, type of feeling of being with like minded people. And I know there uh, I will be one percent for it. I know there's some people that didn't like the disorganization of the event. Or, you know, but, you know, you got to think about it. The person running it was running their first event, you know. Uh, and for me, that actually added to the charm. It was just like I was waiting in line to meet the faces of fear. And it's just like Ming walks right, uh, Ming walks right past me. Then you have Tama Tonga, Tama uh, Loa, and, uh, yeah, and their dad. And he was, they were in standing in line and they were signing and they were hugging and they were actually talking to you. It wasn't rushed through. I mean, the bigger, bigger events, I have to say they had to because they sold so many tickets to. But like with that, I, I talked to Jordan Grace 
uh, for a while. She was awesome. Got to talk to Alicia Toot, and I found out her name was a toot by her because I had been pronouncing it a tout. And she told me it was a toot, and she's like, you Americanize everything. And I laughed. And and it was like, now they call her Alicia A on the show now. It's just, And it's just, it was such an experience. The shows, the events. I went to the weigh-in uh, with Cody, my friend Dan with, with me. He All he did was go to shows. And he just said it was the best experience of his life. He got into every uh, event. And it was like me and seven of my friends and I got got us all tickets and we got all got bracelets and and it was like man just do what you want to do and it's just like my friend um uh, my friend Noel hadn't been out of state in like God knows how long and he made the trip with us and he had a good time my friend Jordan who was training to be a wrestler he actually was practicing moves in the middle of the hotel a middle hotel lobby with Matt Stryker it's you don't you know these experiences and everybody that went is going to describe a completely different experience because that's how it was. Everything was so organic. You had your stuff you paid for, but like walking past one of my idols in life, because I'm a Florida State fan, walking past Ron Simmons as he's going to his signing and me saying go nose and doing the tomahawk chop and he doing it back to me, that's an experience no one else is gonna have. So that's that sounds amazing. That sounds so fun. I love how you were talking about how your friend is doing like moves in the hallway with Matt Stryker. Yeah, and like people I, got around and started watching it. It was like, and he was just kind of training them. That's crazy. That is so cool. So it's not even just like a convention where it's because, um, you know, some of these bigger conventions like I'm used to Comic Con can be pretty sterile in the sense that you're in with so many people who are like minded. And it's a wonderful experience being in the crowds. But as far as uh, the talent, it's you go to the panel, you're done. You're done with that person, you know, for the day. You don't really get to mingle too much with the people who are there for meet and greets or panels or anything because there's a separation there. But what you're saying is that there's not really a whole lot of separation. There may be for some of the bigger people, like I imagine Cody and the Bucks and Kenny, because they're going to be so busy. They have a show to put on, but you know, for people like Jordan Grace or Tama Tonga and Haku and Tonga Loa, you might actually get some really great interactions with them in the meet and greets themselves, but also just in the hallway or even checking into your hotel or going out to eat. Yes. uh, I got a picture with Conrad Thompson. He was literally just walking around seeing if everybody was having a good time. Just that sounds the God of the random event was literally just walking around. I mean, he, you know, of course he's like, I got a hundred things to do right now, but you know, he was walking around seeing if everybody was having a good time taking pictures, you know, just like, and it was like, and he was nice and he was awesome. He, he's a Bama fan and I couldn't stand, can't stand that about him, but everything else about him is awesome. And he just like, he seems like he is one of us to a point. I mean, I, of course he's learned, he's learned how to, you know, go through uh get through this process and use his connections and that is awesome but in at his core he's a fan and it was just like from talking to him for the few seconds i did i was just like that's the one thing that came across that he was like a big kid in a candy store and he was just like he wanted everybody to have the best experience 
That's lovely. And that also speaks to what he was saying. Um, I think Cody was saying this. I've heard Conrad say this as well on um, the Jim Ross podcast, which is, you know, they want to have people who are fans involved in these things because that's kind of the whole point is that you do this because you love it. So that's really great to know that the people who are a part of it and putting it on even, even though I'm sure he's so busy, still takes the time to kind of mark out a little bit. Yeah. And it was just like, well, you were talking with Cody and like you going through Cody and uh, the Bucks uh, meetup was what I did. And it was just like, I took a picture and it was just like, they were they were giving you time. They were talking to you. They they knew they were trying to rush the line through, and they had a hundred places to be because they were putting on this independent wrestling show. But they took their time. They you never felt rushed. You never felt like you know you like I don't have time for you. And it was just like that was that was awesome that they somehow made you in a line of like five hundred feet people feel special, and your interactions were special. Even though they were probably that's, signing the same thing over and over again. <laughs> that's wonderful because I know a lot of times it can feel very much like, you know, somebody's not even looking up. They're just signing. They hand it to you. They sign it. They hand it to you or they say hi. But to really kind of have that personal interaction really makes it special for people because, you know, you're going to see this to support them and you're paying money to meet them. So having that be something where you actually get to have a memorable experience, I think is really important. And that's something that I've heard by and large from everybody who attended Starcast last year was that people really had wonderful interactions at the meet and greets. And some of them, you know, if, if they weren't crazy busy like you know the young bucks or cody they would actually take a lot of time and chat with people about you know their lives or about matches that they're interested in or about different wrestling styles that they like and really talk with them and kind of get to know them a little bit yes and it's like you i, I definitely have 50 more things i can say sergeant slaughter took a picture with me doing the cobra clutch i thought that was so awesome it's something i will never forget uh we like i said we we talked to everyone Scarlett Bedrow. I had really not been super familiar with her, and she was she was there, and she was like really nice and talking. Uh, Demon Bunny. I met both of them, and they were just like super friendly, and it's just like. And, you know, uh, Rosemary kind of does this thing where she kind of stays in character and talks a certain way, and it's just awesome. Joey Janela was like, hey, because I was, like, standing in another line, but I had a Joey Janela meet and greet. He's like, hey, and he calls me over, and he takes the picture, and he's talking uh, with me for a while. Uh, I think I almost fell over uh, Joey Ryan. I was I was sad about that because I I am a large man, so um <laughs> so they were like, come behind this desk and, and take the picture, and I'm like, I don't know if that's gonna work. That's kind of a tight fit, and it was right next to Joey Ryan, and literally almost fell on Joey Ryan, and he gives me the worst look, and I'm like, they told me to do it. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you can have a different memory too <laughs> yes it's like yeah it was just it was a crazy event you could buy turnbuckles for, you know you could buy the all-in turnbuckles and get them signed by everybody and then i met you know moose and then the day after the show i met all the women that were in i met all the women that were in the fatal four-way and tessa was awesome and it was just it was just such a great event and 
met Britt, and it was just like, I mean, like everybody that seems to be with the WWE now, <laughs> you know, or AEW, there's with someone now. But it was just like I met him. I met Pat Patterson and J- Gerald Briscoe. They just did an impromptu uh, photo op. I mean, I met the Stooges at a non WWE event. That is so mind blowing. I love how many different things were available that people could do. So what are you looking forward to this year out of the things that you've seen so far? The roast is, I'm stupid excited for the roast of Ric Flair. I mean, Ric Flair has lived that life, you know, that, that, um, that crazy, crazy life. He'll tell you how crazy his life is. And you're going to have comedians like Ron Funches and wrestlers telling those type of jokes. I just think that's going to be like a riot. I just think it's going to be really, really funny. Uh, um, the Cody uh, book release he's doing Sunday. I'm going to that. And, um, yeah, I, and those are the t- like two of the things almost. And then Arn Anderson. And if you've listened to this show, you know Arn Anderson is my favorite wrestler of all time. Uh, last year at StarCast was the first time I got to meet Arn Anderson. I uh, it's it's funny. I'm like sitting in line because I've heard things about Arn Anderson not being very nice. So I'm sitting in line nervous because I'm like I got to say this one thing, and I'm on, I'm gonna have to make it quick because I you know he's not a big talker from what I've always everything I've been told. This is all not based on my experience. This is based on people that have told me that have met him. So I'm like, I got to come up with one sentence I can say, and I'm waiting in line and all nervous. And I finally meet Arn Anderson, and thanks you, StarCast, for making that happen. Uh, I finally meet him, and I'm like, you know, everything I learned about friendship, I learned about your relationship with uh, Ric Flair. And he looks at me, and he actually cocks his head for a second. He says, that's very profound. And I'm like, I said something that he'll remember. Yes. And I'm, like, really excited. But, yeah, he's doing... Uh, since he does left the WWE, he's doing a whole, it's just called Arn and it's in the middle of the day on Friday as a Arn Anderson fan. I can't wait to hear Arn Anderson with a live mic. That's going to be fun. That's going to be so fun, especially because they're just like free to just talk. Like that's one of the things I loved about Starcast last year, watching it on fight was just listening to these people talk about their experiences, talk about the locker room, talk about the politics, talk about the things that they loved, things, you know, maybe the the actual feuds that they had or maybe clear the air with stuff. I mean, it was just so fascinating to hear these stories from these legends like that. Yeah, and we're going to get to hear why he separated from the WWE. I'm very big on that. I wanted to hear from his mouth what happened, why he doesn't work there. I've heard a lot of things on the internet and I'm just gonna get to hang with my friends from the uh, hang with my friends from the internet. You're gonna be there. We kind of missed each we missed each other in New York, but then I got Sydney, and Tiffany, and Issa, and you know Tiffany's like, hey, let's all go see Avengers Endgame when we're there. And I'm like, hell yeah, because those are stuff that I would do with these people that I speak, I talk to every day on the internet that I would do if they lived near me. But now I get get them for a few days. 
Exactly. <laughs> well, and that, well, that's one of the things that I love and I'm so excited because we went to New York for the Madison Square Garden show and for WrestleMania weekend. And that was my first time ever experiencing this sort of convergence onto a city of a whole bunch of wrestling fans. And it was incredible going to a packed bar to watch WrestleMania with a bunch of fans and Mega Ran walks in and you've got Al Snow in there. <laughs> and like, you know, it's just everybody's having an amazing time and cheering and just totally immersed in it. And then you're just meeting fans at like bars and restaurants and just hanging out. Like it was fantastic. So I'm, I'm so excited to be able to kind of get to experience that again. To me, this feels like a WrestleMania weekend all over again. And I love the fact that maybe with all in and with double or nothing, we're seeing maybe this is something that AEW does turn into if they f do future years of having, you know, their big show and also having StarCast of just having this huge event with a ton of stuff to do, a ton of wrestlers to meet, whether at the panels or in the event or just walking around your hotel and, you know, going to grab a bite to eat somewhere and running into somebody. And also really taking that celebration and love of wrestling that we have amongst each other as fans and getting together over something so positive as this. I cannot wait to be there. Yeah, with the background being Vegas. You know what I mean? Vegas is the background. It's like after everything is done, you're still in <laughs> Vegas. Right. I love <laughs> Vegas. We live very close to it because we're in Phoenix, so it's a 40-minute flight. I love Vegas and Honestly, it's there's probably going to be some craziness. Happening. Yes, this was like it's like everything is like in Chicago. I mean, it, you know, it was outside of Chicago when everything was over at the event. Everybody just went back to their hotel. It's like for some people, when everything's over at the event, that's when their night's going to start. Yes. Well, because <laughs> Vegas is a city that doesn't sleep. I was told that New York is a city that doesn't sleep. I saw a lot of things that were closed after yes. the shows were over. But Vegas is really a city that comes alive at night and sleeps during the day because everybody's kind of hungover. So it's going to be amazing. And speaking of um, sort of partying up in Vegas, one of the things that I'm really excited about, there's uh, these two sort of I guess kickoff, they're like bookend shows. Mm -hmm. There's the kickoff show with uh, Frankie Kazarian and um, Maddie Massey. Yeah, and you don't even need a bracelet for that. Oh, that's awesome. That's so great. So yeah, we're definitely going to go to that. That's on Thursday night. And then there's the SCU after party after Double or Nothing. And oh my gosh, I'm so excited about that too. Like there's just so many different elements of fun and partying really yes and it, <laughs> With wrestling it's gonna be great yeah and you're gonna be just around hanging out with wrestlers you know it's just like they're gonna just be out and walking around music's gonna be playing i guess some people will be dancing that's not my thing but it's gonna be a good time and it's just like and you know you'll have a few drinks in you so some people that might have a little problem loosening up they'll be able to you know enjoy and have a good time of course drink responsibly <laughs> i say that about going to vegas no but uh no uh but yeah it's gonna be a great time because and it's fun it's gonna be cool because you get to see all these people in more relaxed environments you know they're yeah. not being performers they're just that person 
just having a good time, which is, you know, awesome. And I'm betting that's more relaxing for them because, you know, and especially after you get there a few days. It was like by Sunday, it was like when I saw a wrestler in the eye, I was like, oh, okay, how's it going? You know, whatever, you know, and they might remember you from the autograph. You just kind of wave and keep going. It's, it's you're so much more familiar. So you it gets rid of some of the nervousness. Yeah, so you get to really be authentic and yes. have that sort of authentic experience with people, too. Yes. I am one of those people that I love talking to people. I love meeting new people. But when I meet wrestlers for the first time, I have this big thing about I hate saying stuff that people say all the time. So I'm yeah. always <laughs> thinking really hard about what I'm going to say. And it generally comes off as very awkward when you meet me for the first time because I don't know what to say. <laughs> it's like i like y'all you're my favorite wrestler how many people have said that uh i love your work yeah. how many people have said that i want to say something that kind of sticks with you you might not remember who said it but you'll remember that it was said well that's really cool i remember the very first time i ever met a wrestler was uh right after the jericho cruise and uh my husband and i had taken the kids on a disney cruise and we were going to dinner and suddenly the elevator door, as it's closing, opens up again and somebody jumps out of the elevator right in front of us and lands like six inches in front of us. And we look up and it's Jay Lethal <laughs> in the middle of the Caribbean Sea on a Disney cruise ship. And we were so shocked. We couldn't think of what to say. We just kept repeating, you're are you Jay Lethal? And he was like, yeah. And he gets really happy. Like he's excited to be, you know, recognized. Maybe, I don't know if that's what his thoughts were on the middle of this Disney ship, but we just kept going, you're Jay Lethal. <laughs> like I couldn't figure out what to say. By the time we got to New York though, I got over that and um, I met Ishii and I met uh, Bad Luck Fale and Juice Robinson and Rocky Romero and Kevin Kelly and a bunch of people. And those were more fun because it was, I was over that nervousness after having done the most embarrassing one of my life. <laughs> so I do like having those, you know, positive interactions with people where you, you get to have an authentic, honest thing where you get to say something, just have a connection of a moment, even if it's just a very quick one, because you got to respect their time. They're on your way. So even if it's just hi, you shake their hand, it's a pleasure to meet you, sir. That's great. If not, then you get to talk more. That's awesome, too. Yeah, my friends got to drink with Tomatonga in uh in New York, uh Jeremy. Uh they got to drink with and I'm so jealous cuz I think Tomatonga's like the coolest human being ever. Like Yeah. He's like I think he's younger than me and he's who I want to be when I grow up. He's just that cool. <laughs> he's just like it just everything just seems so naturally entertaining when he does it. So I am looking forward to meeting him again too. Uh, that was another one that I'm like, I'm like, I need my second shot. Cause first time I was kind of nervous. I'm like, dude, you're so cool. I think that's all I got out. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure he appreciated being told he was cool. though. <laughs> it's going to be a lot of fun. And that's kind of what I was hoping that this experience might be. Cause when we were in New York, like we were drinking with juice and Rocky Romero to like four o'clock in the morning. So it kind of feels like, Maybe not, you know, drink until 4 a.m., but it, it does feel like StarCast has a lot of opportunities to really get to have those interesting out-of-the-box experiences where you get to run into maybe Jericho at a bar somewhere, you know, and, and just get to say hi. Yeah. Like, that's awesome. And yeah. I think that with so many people converging, especially in Vegas, because there's so much to do 
and it's so close, everything is in walking distance that the opportunity to get to have some of those experiences are probably going to be a lot higher than say going to like WrestleMania in New York where everything's just in that one building. Yeah. And you know, you got this, you know, you you're in Caesars. So you're going to be at a blackjack table. If you, you're doing those things, you're into the gambling thing and you're probably going to be gambling with a wrestler next to you. That's probably what's going to happen. Someone's going to have that story. Like I played blackjack or craps with Booker T or something like that. And it's just, that's, I mean, I mean, just like, it's crazy. And because the big thing is that StarCast is their, the, I mean, even though they're friendly with AEW, they're their own thing. So in the same, like, you're going to have Gorillas of Destiny, LAX, Harlem Heat, all at the same event. Yes, and that's actually something I'm really excited about, too, is just getting to see all of these other people there, you know, like just from different promotions, like people from Impact and people from um, New Japan and people from WWE. And it's just it's so exciting to see this real convergence and celebration of wrestling as a whole. Yeah, and it's just like, I mean, like seriously, WWE Hall of Famers. Bruce Pitchard is a high guy as far as in in uh, booking for WWE now, and he's doing this event. And it's just like you getting all this Bret Hart, WWE Hall of Famer, talking with Tom McGee about a match that no one thought they would ever see. What kind of, what is that? Ricky the Dragon Steamboat and Ric Flair talking about you know, their three-match series, it's just like these are things that you never thought you would get or you would only get on a podcast, and you'll get to experience them live. Oh, I know. It's going to be crazy. And also, so one of the things that was really cool about last year was that for everybody on the ground who went, people like you, um, you could tell that it was an amazing experience. It's kind of like once in a lifetime thing. And I think that's going to feel that very much the same this year, but for people who weren't able to go, it was also really, really great because they had everything available on fight TV. So you were able to buy this one package where you got access to everything. And so we did that. And so as people were going to these events, we were able to watch them on fight TV and sort of feel a part of that too, because the great thing about all in and Starcast both as separate entities and as a sort of happening in tandem with each other weekend is that there's this huge sense of community excitement and community goodwill. And it's really about this convergence of fans and celebration of wrestling. And even on Twitter, we still got to feel a part of all of that by watching it on fight, by tweeting other people about it, by tweeting friends who were at the events and be like, dude, I see you. You're right there. You know, like it was really fun. So I love that even for people who don't get to go on the ground, that they'll still get to participate by watching it, by tweeting about it. And it sounds cliche, like talking about it, but I really, really want to really stress that it was such our own sort of Twitter party too. So it felt like we were having our own event that was coinciding with the things that you were experiencing on the ground. Absolutely. And I know I am in a fortunate place in life where I can kind of just pick up and go somewhere when I want to. And, and I, you know, I feel very fortunate about that. But when you watch it at home, I mean, we saw cameras everywhere. I mean, that they made sure they got everything that they could. They saw I, I saw some people with video cameras walking the guy into the room, and it's just like they do really do try to give you fight. Really tries to give you the best experience 
the, like it, it's like you are there from what I understand. I, of course, did not watch anything that way. But I, I had a lot of my friends. I have a Facebook group of wrestling fans, friends, and they all got to uh, watch it that way. And they'd be like, well, I saw you walking down the hall or I saw you in the you were sitting right there in that event. And it was just like it was truly like they were there. Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's something that's really cool. And I think that's something that kind of goes back a little bit to our earlier discussion in that changing landscape of how people watch things and how people participate in things is that it's so much bigger than the event that's happening because Everybody gets to be involved and the elite have really sort of fostered this sense of community based on what they're doing and sort of the vision and voice that they've put behind AEW, but also just in there being the elite series, like just how they've utilized social media has sort of garnered how we experience it all anyway, because we've already been doing it. <laughs> yes, yes. Ab- yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I just... What they do, uh, especially working with StarCast, working with Conrad, is just, it, it makes the experience, like I said, unique. There's so many shows, you can't go to everything. So, again, just like last year, me, me and your experience at StarCast and at Double or Nothing are going to be completely different. We're going to be at the same place, same city, same time. Well, we're going to have completely different experiences. You're going to have a one-of-a-kind experience. Oh, man, I cannot wait. You've talked us up so much. I'm so excited. Like, I've just been watching StarCast on Twitter and all of their events go down. And I'm just like, okay, that sounds awesome. That sounds awesome. That sounds awesome. Like, I'm so excited about even that cosplay contest with Leva Bates. Like, I adore her. I love cosplay. I don't do it very well, but I love watching other people do it. Yes. And I cannot wait to see that i'm so excited so just even that is going to be great the roast of rick flair i mean the roast of rick flair rick flair is a legend this dude has had the most colorful life that i could possibly imagine and to have a bunch of people go there with ron bunches and roast him for it that's going to be amazing and of course just Ah, oh, so many shows, so many meet and greets. The movie with the Q and A with Kenny—that's going to be awesome. All of it sounds yeah. great. Yeah, it's just so crazy because I was a Ron Funches fan, like before I knew like he was a wrestling fan. I'd seen him on TV, and now I start following him on Twitter, and this guy's like, "I like to smoke weed and watch wrestling," and I'm like, "I don't smoke weed, but dude, we can watch wrestling all day." And so this is crazy that i got to meet him last year at starcast i get to see him perform this year at starcast it's just like like it's like for me it's everything with a wrestling theme it's like you get to see a comedy show he's gonna talk about wrestling you get to you know you get to see these matches explained to you that you never had i am one of those people that I hate building up people's expectations because like, I get overly excited about things and I'll build it up to the world because, you know, I know, you know, I'll build it up to the world and the person I'm like, man, it was okay. This one, I don't think I can overblow because me and the seven people I went to, eight separate people, all said this is one of the best weekends of their life. And it was like two people that had never really went to a wrestling convention Two people that have been to WrestleMania access with me several years in a row. When I say this, I've been to eight WrestleManias access did WrestleMania weekends countless times last week, last year, that weekend was better than all of that. 
That I just cannot wait. This is going to be amazing. Yes, and I and I can't wait to meet you. I'm like overexcited. Oh, yes! And your husband, <laughs> your your husband is fucking hilarious. Sorry if I cuss. Uh, <laughs> I was on Twitter, and I'm just like I will follow him on Twitter, and he's like one of the funniest people. I don't like I don't know if he's as funny in real life as he is on Twitter, but if he is, dude, we're gonna get along. We're gonna get along. Yes. <laughs> He is great, especially once he gets some scotch in him. Although, thankfully, we will not, hopefully, have the opportunity for him to play Ass Man a million times. Because as soon as he gets a scotch in him, it's just Billy Gunn theme song all day, every day. But no, he's going to be there. Uh, that's Andy Nimity, of course, on Twitter. He is fantastic. I obviously like him. Um, yeah, we're both going to be there. It's going to be awesome. He's going to be flying in uh, straight from a work trip in Berlin. So I'll be coming in on Thursday. He'll be flying in from Germany on Friday, probably jet lagged. But, you know, we'll still have a great time. It's going to be awesome. I cannot wait. And I can't wait to meet you and Tiffany and Sydney and get to see Isa again. And, oh, it's just going to be so much fun. I'm driving 16 hours from Oklahoma. Boom. Straight down Boom. 40 West. Wow. <laughs> That's a long drive. It, it, I mean. If you know uh, something, you'll know about me. I love road trips, and the honest uh, one year uh, we had uh, we had went through all three. We we had went to the WWE's Big Four. We had uh, we had went to the Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, and then um, Survivor Series was in Houston. So we we was like, we can do all four in the same year, and it's like, when are we going to get to do this again? So SummerSlam was in New York. Well, we were all a little broke because we hadn't went to three events. So we got a car. I drove to Houston, and then we drove to Brooklyn. 27 hours in a car. Wow. So, yeah, 16, not a problem. <laughs> <laughs> it's manageable. I can do it. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, yeah uh, the year we went to Orlando, I went a week early so I could do Disney and uh, Harry Potter World, and we drove there. I think that was 17 hours. So... It's like, yeah, I'm used to, I like being in cars. I sit down for a living in my job. So sitting, it's honestly doesn't bother me a lot. I generally download a crap ton of wrestling podcasts to the dismay of the people that are riding with me <laughs> in a wrestling, wrestling playlist. And I'm good to go. You know, let's go. Let's, you know, stop for gas and get there. So, yeah, we're uh, coming in so we can stop at the Hoover Dam on the way. I've never been there. Oh, that's great. Oh, it's fun. And my that place is really cool. And my friend that's coming with me is not really a wrestling fan. She's just, she's like, her Jericho was in the event. She's like, her brother lives in Vegas. She's like, let's go. And I was like, well, let's go. You know, I'm, I'm a big, I'm a big why not person. <laughs> I think that's how it starts, though, is with Jericho. That's how my New Japan fandom started, was like, Jericho's doing this thing? Yes. So I think this is going to be your friend's start to AEW and all things wrestling is, Jericho's doing this thing? <laughs> yes. I, you know, you know, my non-wrestling fans are like, well, you know, isn't it fake? And I'm just like, I mean. Game of Thrones is fake. Yeah, I was like, yes, entertainment <laughs> is fake. And I was like, I was like, do you enjoy plays? And, and they're like, yeah. why, why do you? And I'm like, they're like, yeah. And I'm like, so does it bother you that he's not actually stabbing the guy when they die? <laughs> and they're like, well, no. Pretty much the same thing. <laughs> like, exactly. It's like, it's pretty much the same thing. It's a, it's a live performance art. And it's just like, if you look past it, which I don't even think of it like that anymore. If you look past it and just 
enjoy it and be you know enjoy it or whatever or not enjoy it whatever but don't think about it not being real that's what i this is how i talk to people that are not wrestling fans i know everyone that is give, blessing us with your time by listening to this show uh i know you all, you all get it but it's like when you're talking to your uh wrestling friends that are not related i was like Plays and musicals are more of what I go to. I don't go to UFC and live sports because I don't think it's in that area. I think it's more performance art. So that's well, what and I think that's totally valid. It's uh, I think Will Ospreay calls it karate gymnastics. <laughs> I like that. Yes. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I I love that there's going to be this sort of party atmosphere, and like you said, um, and I'm sure a lot of other people are going to be doing this too. Like you're going to be having a road trip. Other people are going to be on planes, and you know, looking for fellow wrestling fans, and it's going to be a great atmosphere i also think that the next shows that they have are going to have their own sort of variations of that great atmosphere and i think that for people who are already fans of aew this is going to be a lot of fun for people who are on the fence and want to check it out this is going to be a lot of fun and for you know people who are new to wrestling and people want to take their friends along who maybe don't really watch wrestling but want to check it out i think it's going to be a lot of fun for them too and i think that not only do we have Double or Nothing and Starcast, but they also have Fight for the Fallen coming up. And then they're going back to Chicago at the Sears Center where they're going to have All In 2. So we have one, two, three big events lined up for the summer already that are going to give a lot of people a chance to check out what AEW is all about. Check out this really great wrestling show and just this really awesome community vibe that's super positive, super excited, super wholesome, and just a really great experience overall. And I'm really excited to see how these shows stack up, especially how it stacks up long-term, as well as how these fit into you know their TV deal that they have on the table that's yet to be announced officially. But we all have heard tons of reports that they're in the works and that wouldn't be surprising at all just to see where this goes long-term because I think that they've got a lot of excitement and a lot of goodwill sort of raising them up. And I think that it's going to be interesting to see how they carry that forward from here, especially with these big shows through the summer. Yeah. Um, and, and the big thing is a big thought of is inclusive. So you cannot, you're not going to be an outcast coming in. You are with a group of outcasts. We're all wrestling fans. So, you will be brought in. Someone will bring you in. You know, someone will, you can be, hey, and if you can't, you find my picture, find me. I'll, I'll, I'll take you in like family. I have no problem. I love, I just love being entertained. I love having fun. And it's just like, to me, I am a, I am a 37 year old kid. And, you know, <laughs> I tell people that all the time, especially when I get around the wrestlers. I'm I'm like literally I leave life I leave life in Oklahoma where it is where I'm from. I leave life there. There is just about enjoying it and experiencing every moment. I I am taking down Twitter handles. I'm following people. I'm like cuz I don't want this to be the only time we talk, you know? It's just I love everyone's different point of view and everything. And it's just like even the ones I don't agree with. I like the, you know, like to hear because you know, it's like I said, it's you know, opinion, it's art, and I just want to hear what everyone thinks. It's just, oh my God, you know, it's like I'm excited. It's like I'm like, yeah, you know, now I'm looking at it and I'm like, we got 21 days. 
<laughs> oh god, this is gonna be painful. <laughs> yeah, like the weight is crazy. Yes, it's I'm, so close. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm I'm going to a convention, a comic convention this Sunday, and I like I still have that, but I'm still more excited about this thing that I have coming up afterwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think a lot of people are. And also for the rest of the show. So there are tons of people who weren't able to get tickets to Double or Nothing because, man, they sold out almost instantly. And then you've got Fight for the Fallen and people are really excited to go to that. And then you have in Chicago this hub of wrestling, this great wrestling city. And people are super excited to converge onto that, too. And I, I think this is something that's probably going to continue happening provided that the shows that they have at these places are great and i imagine that they would be if you look at the roster that they have i mean with kenny omega and the young bucks and jericho and Pac and you know the the strong hearts with the chinese wrestling and just there are so many of these gems that are not only just these known wrestlers, but also these new people that they've seen talent in. And then you look at their highlight reels and you're like, whoa, yeah. I can tell why they picked these guys because they're amazing. So I imagine that the shows themselves are going to be great as well. So now I'm just I'm really curious as to how this is going to stack up long term. And I know um, to touch on something that we have here. I know that Tony Khan did an interview with Chris Van Vliet and uh, you can find this interview at Chris's Twitter handle. It's at Chris Van Vliet, which is spelled V L I E T. And, you know, they talked a lot about longevity and about being fans themselves and about having all of this knowledge about wrestling and this love of wrestling, but also this love of wrestling worldwide and wanting to showcase that and put the work behind it to make it this long-term thing. So I'm really, really excited to see how they put their money where their mouth is on this because so far everything that they've talked about that could be construed as lip service has been shown to have action put behind it. So I'm curious to see how they carry this long-term from here. Yeah. Um, I'm very excited about them, and the big thing was I want them not necessarily, you know, be flexible, decide what your product is, and present it the way that you want. And like I'm going after the, the laps fans when it comes to uh, watching the show. I'm like, okay, I know you don't watch a WWE anymore. I know you don't watch this anymore. Give this a shot. And I just thought Tony was kind of saying the same thing in it that uh, you know he's not trying to compete with anyone we're going to you know they're going to deliver the product the way they want to deliver it and they're going to hope you like it you know what i mean yeah absolutely and that's actually um really interesting that he mentioned that because there are some people on twitter and you know on reddit just people talking about it who like to try to compare this to wcw and i think that's because this is that's really the only time that there was a large competitor with a lot of financial backing behind it that could be a direct competitor to WWE. But they directly set out to compete for TV time and their wrestlers, whereas whereas AEW is really looking to showcase what they love about the wrestling they do and the wrestling scene around the world. And I think that when you come from a place like that, that's a lot more genuine and a lot more wholesome. At least for me, it feels really good to get behind something like that that's not starting to be like, I'm going to take you down. It's starting from a place of, I'm going to build this up. 
And I love that aspect of it. So I'm, I'm excited to see what they do with it. But I also know that they're taking it seriously too. You can't just have all of this goodwill and, you know, social media falling and following and, and people coming from new Japan who were interested in the elite and all of these other aspects and just have that carry you forward. You actually have to do the work going into it. And that's something that all of them really seem to be very aware of and embody as their own personal philosophies of, okay, we're here. We've sold it out. That's awesome. Great news. Now we have to put on a show. And I love that philosophy behind it. Yes. Uh, one of the things that I've, you know, as a wrestling fan, it's probably, yeah, probably one of the more negative things. I hate when wrestlers tell me that all they want is my money. Like, I really don't care if you were entertained. I got you in the building. That's all that matters. The thing I loved about the elite, you know, is that they say, we know you work hard for your money and we're trying to give you value and entertainment for your money. Like the point is not to just get you in the building. The point is to have you in the building every time because you're entertained and you want to tell your friends, you want to tell your family. Like, I know you haven't, you know, watched wrestling in this many years, but watch this wrestling. And that is important to me as a fan. That is important to me as a lifelong fan that you understand that I am not just a mark. You know what I mean? I am a right. person that wants to be entertained. You know, we use, uh, you know, some of us wrestling fans use that as a term of endearment. But, you know, I don't want you to limit that because in, with me, it's like I'm, I'm paying for sh not only do I just like pay for sh shows and shirts and all that kind of stuff. If you treat me right, I'm telling everyone else to do it, you know, and that's the big to me, the difference between what uh, the old wrestling line of thinking of marks, because, you know, you get your mark, you get my money. Whether I enjoy it or not, yeah, if I don't enjoy it, I'm not going to tell anyone about it. But I'm telling everyone about StarCast and All In. I'll tell, I've talked on at least four different podcasts about uh, my experiences at all, all In and StarCast. Anytime anybody asks me, is it worth it? You know, I am, you know, being one of their biggest advertisers for it that, you know, makes you into a point more than a mark because you're not only you know, bringing them my money, I'm trying to help them bring other people's money in because you gave me value. Right. But it's, it's coming from a place of sincerity of a place of yes. actual enjoyment. And yes. I think that that's the important part is that it's not just getting people in the door. It's a respectful contract yes. of you are paying us for these tickets and for the flights and for the hotels and for all of the expenses of traveling to go see this show, we understand that, we respect that, we're going to put on a show that we hope you will like, that we certainly are really proud of. And I think coming from a place of that standpoint is going to be something that is a lot richer going forward and how people engage in it and experience it than just going to sort of this big box production thing and then that's kind of it. And I think perhaps that may have something to do with being um, watching this grow from the ground up is that you really are sort of involved in the process of it by the very nature of your support. So there does seem to be that sort of contracted trade-off between the fans and the promotion itself that they really want to experience this 
and have it be a good experience together that they want to keep coming back to. Yeah, and it's kind of a first. I know I remember Impact coming off the ground, but it was just like, okay, Jeff Jarrett's running another wrestling company. You know, he's starting a wrestling company, the Jarrett family. But it's like now it's like it's this big thing. They are, you know, they have billions backing them. You know what I mean? This is going to be a big production. All they've talked about is the production value and fireworks. And then you get the Roll to Double or Nothing show where you're getting a little background on it. And then you get uh, Being the Elite where, you know, you get the funny part. But then you get the Bucks. And, you know, you get the Bucks just at home telling you, how about their life trying to get to the point that there is you deal you do feel a familiar relationship as far as me a familiar relationship with the elite it's like i am supporting you know even though they don't like we're not best friends or anyone but you feel like your family because you get to know all of these people on a personal level you know oh yeah absolutely and i love the platform that they have with being the elite too because not only do you get that sort of familiarity with people, but you also get a different tool for promoting storylines and rivalries. Like they've had uh, Matt Jackson feuding with Michael Nakazawa on being the elite. You've had sort of uh, tiffs between Matt Jackson and Nick Jackson and Cody and Kenny with their choices of who the librarian is going to be. And I love that you get this different platform of that storytelling, especially as we haven't had the official shows happen yet. So this sort of builds up those storylines, builds up the rivalries, and builds up the excitement for these storylines playing out in the ring at Double or Nothing. Yeah, and it's like the people that they've gotten for the library, the people that they've brought in, you know, with the idea of being fresh, it's just been, it, it's it's so crazy it's just like they they have found this groove even in hiring where it's like there's a great mix of people i've seen wrestle and people i haven't you know i've never seen sunny kiss wrestle you know i've never seen him wrestle uh and i've made it a point i've made it a point not to because i want to experience him for the first time i could go back and watch old stuff and believe me i i can you know as far as that but sometimes it's just like I want to, I, the the point of it is, was to bring in fresh talent. Well, if I go watch a hundred videos, you know who, what he's not going to be to me? Fresh. So let's see, let's see what they have. I'm going to experience them for the first time. I, I get to people I experienced at all, all in as far as Britt Baker. I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing her work. That was my first time seeing her wrestle. Uh, I, I know she might have did a she might have did an NXT show, but she kind of got squashed, so I didn't really get to see her work. But like last year, I was like, man, she's amazing, and I got to tell her that the next day. And that's like I said, that's the combination of those two things. I'm just, it's just I'm looking forward to what they do. You know, I'm looking forward to every show. I'm like I can like as much as I'm looking forward to seeing everybody, I'm looking forward to what the AEW product is going to be. You know, because, you know, that first show, they're going to tell you a lot about what they are going to be. Oh, man, I couldn't agree more. And, you know, one of the things that I'm really excited about is seeing these people on stage at Double or Nothing again, because I fell into a lot of them like Britt Baker um, at All In last year. And I'm really excited to get to know her more. And I also really love with how they're using being the elite to get 
to know Sonny Kiss, to get to know Britt Baker. She's been on there a lot with Brandy Rhodes sort of building their feud. Um, so speaking of storylines and speaking of getting things into motion for their show and using this as a platform to build those rivalries, let's take a look at the recap of this week's Being the Elite. Hey, Floyd, what did you think about these stories and how do you think they set up for Double or Nothing? Man, it was a really good show. They did they did a great job of going a little bit behind the scenes and building up the storylines. Uh, they they showed a promo of uh, basically I just call them the Stooges trying to talk to Penna and Phoenix, and uh, Penna was uh, speaking in Spanish, and they's like, "We do not habla español," and it was a different take on the video because the uh, Lucha Brothers just shut them down and kicked them out. They didn't put up with their crap and let them go on their little little burials things, and it was just that that was awesome. Uh, yeah, we got to see the Bucks at home on Easter, and uh, uh, Matt hadn't his youngest daughter, who's seven. He has never been at home on Easter with her, so he took uh, they said merchandise money, and they said it was like five hundred dollars, and they overdid it, and they hid it in eggs, and they did a big old Easter egg hunt, and that was kind of cool. Again, very good job of showing the behind the scenes of who the people really are. Uh, then we get um. Uh, we get the next two segments are Peter and uh, uh, Brandon Cutler comes up to Peter and congratulates him on being a librarian and gets a pick. And then so a guy comes up to leave a, a bait and gets a pick and congratulates her being a librarian. And he's like, congratulations on being one of the librarians. Like there's more than one. I don't get what they're doing with that. And they both look confused because they all, they, they both think that they are the librarian. So that's coming down to something. I'm looking forward to that. I don't, I don't know if that's going to end up in a match or in a partnership, but I am looking forward to that. We get the SCU bit with Christopher Daniels, uh, Scorpio Sky, and Kazarian. He wasn't traveling with him, so he needed two people to fill in. He had Kylie Ray and Penelope Ford. Uh, so he goes into his bit, and then he kind of hands it off to Kylie, and she's like, I really like this town. And he's like, no, 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 that's not what you're supposed to do. And Penelope goes with the bit, and she's like, oh, my God, this place is horrible. I just I can't wait to get back to philadelphia and she started talking about all the great things about philadelphia he's like no we're putting over scu and he's like well traffic's really bad it's kind of expensive and then together they say the smog and he's like and then christopher daniels has his hands on his head and i just can't wait back to get back to southern california i thought that was the funniest bit this week because it was just like they got it you know kylie was being her and penelope the bad girl was being her we get a hangman update and i thought this was like the realest moment because for anyone doing the uh doing the hangman challenge and, and trying to lose uh weight uh you know and uh you get these moments where he has a breakdown he's like i'm so fat and so skinny and, and he just kind of breaks down and nick you see nick looking at the video and he's like i can't use this and and, and they address it and then they was like do we still have his address so they uh they're gonna have to uh, pay a visit to hangman uh brandy and cody they were at dailies for the jacksonville jaguars draft party Cody is angry for at Hangman for still being fat. Brandy was trying to keep it all about being at the party and excitement. And, of course, Cody, being the ham he is, kept interrupting her. But then, uh, ultimately, he got mad at Hangman for being fat. Uh, 
Hangman and Cody's in the next video. Hangman said he ran a three eight forty, which yeah, if everyone knows, it's human, kind of humanly impossible. And uh, you know, and then Kobe threw a perfect touchdown pass. Then you see in the background, Kate Brandy's posing. She's like, "What are you doing?" He's like posing. She's like posing for pictures, getting a pic. He's like, "We're gonna get kicked out of here." Uh, and I thought that was kind of funny. Uh, Matt, uh, Matt's upset with Kenny for overspending. He's doing the the fighter fest bit uh, where he's overspending. Uh, Kenny's on the phone with Stephen O'Mell and he's talking about how the DJs and everything that they're going to get. And he's like, let's get an arrow cast reunion. He's like, I love the show since you got canceled. And he's like, you know, you could tell that, you know, Kenny might not have ever watched the show. Cause he's like, yeah, bring Grant. He's just as big a part of the show as anyone. I'm like, uh, no, that's a different show, but whatever. So it looks like they're building to the uh, arrow cast reunion at fighter fest at that uh so it's going to be kind of a comic-con video game and wrestling show which is amazing hopefully that leads to a male working with uh aew in the future because i really enjoyed his match last year uh bucks go to a boot camp and we get a montage we show them slowly getting better and getting in better shape and talking about how and they were really building up how the Lucha Bros work all the time, and they haven't been working a lot of matches. So it's kind of like they're building up that they're kind of the underdogs in this case. Uh, and then the best friends give them a call. Not just the best friends. It was Trent gives them a call and says, hey, we haven't heard where we booked. And the Bucks like, uh, are they on the show? Did we hire them? He's like, dude, we, I think we forgot to book them. We got like 50 wrestlers. This is hard. And they just said, yeah, you're in the over the battle, you know, in the pre-show over the battle Water royal. And then Trent seems like depressed and dejected. And uh, Chuck Taylor's like, I'm not doing that damn thing. And it was hilarious because he was smoking a cigarette and he's just being so Chucky e. T. And uh, that was that was pretty much the show. We end on that. So I think we're going to get something out of that with the best friends not being happy about not being like booked on the show. But that was your uh, recap of being the elite. I did kind of go fast because I personally know we record this on Friday. And, you you know, it's been out since Monday. So I'm pretty sure you've seen it a few times. But that's kind of for the people that haven't. Back Man, we need to have you recap, recap being the elite all the time. Because I had my mic muted while you were talking. But I was laughing hysterically. <laughs> like half of that recap. That was excellent. <laughs> Yes, I was like, and it's funny because I watch it, I seriously watch it like four times a week just because you watch it the first time and they do so many little things in the background, you kind of got to watch it a few more times to see what's going on. So I watched it right before the show and I was like, okay, I can do a decent recap. Yeah, no, that was that was fantastic. So being the elite, of course, is setting up these awesome storylines heading into Double or Nothing and, as you said, heading into Fighter Fest and by the way, I love the entire concept of Fighter Fest, like the play on Fire Fest, the orange pictures across social media, the elaborate spending, the Blink-182 jokes. All of that is awesome. And I'm really excited to see what they do with this CEO show because this was something Kenny did um, last year and it was really great. But I think now they're going to have a lot more of a spotlight on it. And I'm really excited to see what they do, especially if they do end up teasing an arrow cast reunion, I mean, they certainly could pull it off. Cody was in the show. So you could have Cody and Stephen Amell in there and then bring in a bunch of other cast members. That sounds awesome. 
Yes, uh, definitely. Uh, it was just like I, I really wanted to go. I'm like, it, honestly, if you say fight for the fallen of Fighter Fest, I would go to Fighter Fest. I can't go to either because I'm getting married, but <laughs> right, it's in the marriage window. I get married on July 18th. It's in the marriage window, so I can't go to either one of the shows. But I am looking forward to watching them. Yeah, definitely, if pay per view, Vite TV, whatever they decide to do, I look forward to watching them that way. And um, it's just like it's going to be fun covering them. Uh, Jeremy from uh, Jeremy from uh, Social Suplex will be at Fight for the Fallen, so hopefully we can get a live, you know, get a report from the live experience for him. And it's just going to be a good time. I'm looking. This is going to be a great summer. Uh, if you're like I said, if you're just giving the show a listen for the first time, uh, this is a great time to jump in on this AEW bandwagon. And hopefully we can be the uh, guide for you on this bandwagon. Absolutely. You couldn't have said it better. <laughs> That's perfect. We've got so much coming up. There's so many shows coming up, so many things to talk about. And of course, in the lead up to Double or Nothing with all of the news that AEW will have as they drop new signees, as they drop new storylines, episodes of Being the Elite, etc. There's going to be a lot to talk about. And of course, we'll be talking about it here in future episodes. Yeah, I definitely, definitely looking forward to you. I, I, I mean, I really appreciate you doing this show with me. Uh, like I said, it's it, it, I've had great co-hosts. I've had great. My friend Dave has done this with me. Sydney, I think she's going to be on the show next week. Uh, Sydney's going to be on the show next week. I've had great co-hosts, and I thank everybody for their time. I was looking, way looking forward to talking to you, and this has been everything I thought it would be. Well, thank you so much for having me, and I'm so excited to join you again, and I'm excited to see who your other co-hosts are going to be as well, because I adore Sydney, and I cannot wait to hear her on the show. She's going to be lovely. All right. Well, that is it for the show, and I guess I will be the one to, uh, I will just go ahead and wrap it up. Just remember, uh, you know, make sure you're watching BTE, Roll to Double or Nothing. Apparently, Penelope Ford's going to be on the Roll to Double or Nothing this week. So make sure you're watching that, keeping up with us. Follow us at AT Elite Pod on Twitter. Follow Amy at uh, is Phoenix NJPW. That's correct. Yes, it will follow her at Phoenix NJPW. Uh, we will, uh, as far as on our on the All Elite page, we will as as things come out, we will hopefully be trying to do a few more giveaways. It's just gotta wait till we have stuff to give away. So uh, we appreciate you all for listening. Just remember, whether it's work, school, family, do your best to be elite.